just after 11 o'clock. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, willhawkbeefjerky.com. I am Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with me here as well as we are talking all things fantasy sports for the next hour. Before we get to the lowdown with Low Tide, followed by the Jason Greger Show. Lots to get to on the program today, of course. It is the NFL, and that is always all-encompassing. There's lots going on. Kyler Murray, the 21-day window has been opened. He could return to the Cardinals lineup. All you Joshua Dobbs owners, watch out. Kyler Murray could be back. I don't know if you want to roll with him anyways, but it is an option. Of course, the NHL underway. We can answer your questions about that as well. Daily Fantasy, who might be some potential options to look at? Did you start Zach Hyman last night? Was that was that the move? Because I think we might have said Evander Kane might have been a smarter play, but Zach Hyman on the power play gets uh, the biggest assist for Leon Dreisel. He What, four points on the night? The Oilers were just pumping them in. Point night for the Oilers, uh... Brandon, uh, what did you think of that performance last night from a fantasy perspective? Kind of kind of what we thought we might see. It, it really was what we expected. And the only real uh, kind of, I don't not a non-factor, because obviously he's still playing on the top line. But yeah, we said Evander Kane seemed like the, the lock to go with fantasy-wise, but it proved that Zach Hyman, the more viable option, that second line had all systems firing uh, between Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, and then uh, the elevated Warren Fogle over yeah. on the other side. And then the, the funny enough, the third player we had in that mix, uh, Zach Lang said it might be good to go with both Oilers, but Matt Zuccarello, three power play assists um, in last night's uh, win over the Montreal Canadiens. So yeah. there, there were plenty of great performances across the board last night. And I think the, the, Piece de la resistance was the Edmonton Oilers as a team because they were uh, they were great last night. And, and Jack Campbell, what a game from him as well. I was going to say, I mean, that was the name that we brought up there to Zach Lang. Like, will he or Stuart Skinner find a way to rebound? And, you know, we, we have to preface that by saying it's been two games, so you're not going to be too tough on the Oilers goaltending for two games. But, you know, asking Zach, you know, can we expect a bit of a turnaround performance uh, for whoever it might be between the pipes for the Edmonton Oilers and yeah, Jack Campbell. Uh, I know you guys were debating the the, the name of the uh, Scorpion and what it, it could be called. I do not care. You call it whatever. Call it the Butterball. It worked, and uh, Jack Campbell was locked in, and now we turn our attention. Could he be the begin the start to uh, tomorrow night in Philadelphia? Yeah, we, we talked about that a bit this morning as well. And, and Mark Spector, who joins us every day at 8 o'clock on the Kevin Carrius show for, for On The Mark, he said that the plan going in was to go 1-1-1-1 to start the season here with the goaltenders alternating games. And I would think, and Schlemko, as a former player, kind of touched this, if that's what Woodcroft has communicated to his team already, you probably have to stick to it at this point is to avoid um, you know coming across as wishy-washy to your players and, and flipping a little too easily. Yeah. So I think if that is the case... We'll see Stuart Skinner tomorrow regardless. But such a promising performance by Jack Campbell. And you can talk about all the points. And Did Jack Campbell have to be great last night when your team's putting up a six spot? Probably not. But you go back to the scores one uh, one nothing, and he's coming up with some huge saves at big moments because we all know the Oilers have a tendency to, after they score a goal, seemingly give up a goal shortly thereafter. The next shift, take a penalty, which they did. But Campbell really bailed them out, and, and that scorpion save on his stomach was kind of just the epitome of it. So I think Jack Campbell, uh, I mean, he had 42 saves. I don't think anybody's calling him underrated in last night's win, but I think he had a huge, huge hand in, in towards that 6-1 win because it was close uh, early in the game, and he had to weather the storm. If the Oilers do go with Stuart Skinner tomorrow night in Philadelphia, against Carter Hart, you know, be kind of the matchup of the Edmonton area kids and all that sort of thing. 
I won't say it's the wrong move at all because if that's the plan, then you go for it. We're not going to know if it was the right or wrong move till immediately once the game wraps up. If the Oilers win, it was the right move. If they lose and it's a sketchy game by Skinner, then it was the wrong move. But uh, for Jack Campbell, we've talked about it for him. You know, he's got to be happy with his gameplay, and that's kind of how it goes for him. Uh, a little bit, you know, sometimes. And I, you know, you don't want to say it all the time, but it can be between the ears. And for Jack Campbell, I mean, he's got to be feeling really good after that performance. Uh, 42 saves on 43 shots, 977 save percentage. You like to see that. So for Jack Campbell, uh, we will see. And if you have those goalies in fantasy sports or, you know, you are considering them for daily fantasy, uh, follow along. I'll say follow Mark Spector. Uh, he obviously travels with the team, friend of the station, and he will keep you up to date on who it might be. Uh, also, just check into uh, Sports 1440 today. He's on both shows with uh, Carries in the morning and Gregor at night, and uh, we will keep you up to date on who will be starting between the pipes for the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday night. Going to be a lot of fun, and if that offense keeps going, there's a lot of viable options. Uh, today on the show, we are going to you, you teased it. We're going to venture into something that you and I may be not too familiar with. I think we're both casual basketball fans, but it's been about 10 years since I've done some fantasy basketball. And that's what we're going to get into today, today with Nick Whalen. Uh, he's with Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Channel 87 and Rotowire. He's on Twitter slash X at WHA. 1EN. So it's like Whalen, but instead of an L, it's the number one. Uh, he'll join us in about 14 minutes time here and because you and I are kind of basic when it comes to basketball we're going to bring in Declan Kruger huge huge NBA guy and he'll he'll get a little bit deeper into it I'm, I'm just kind of curious for a casual basketball fan who just wants to get into it what's the best format you know is is it head-to-head matchups is it should it be a basic one do you want to go deep uh, I want to get Nick's thoughts on that and then of course we'll talk about it you know when you look at the association uh, I think consensus Nikola Jokic is the the number one guy because he can do so many things in so many categories. He's going to help you out. But then where where's the drop off? Is it Joel Embiid at number two? I know there's that Canadian down in OKC, uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander, who a lot of people are high on for the versatility that he brings. Could be Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum. Am I, am I, am I missing anyone here that you think could be in that? I guess just not number one overall tier because Jokic. I mean, from what I've heard. If you have him, it's just such a huge advantage in fantasy basketball. Yeah, we um, we definitely showed our colors as basketball casuals in the three-minute fantasy basketball conversation. We had to end the show yesterday, so really excited <laughs> to, to have Nick uh, come in and join us as well as Declan and, and get some good insight because much like you, I've played fantasy basketball once, and it was also about kind of that 10-year-ago range or so. I got absolutely just pigeon tossed in it it was not I had no idea what I was doing that was even I would say I was before a basketball casual I was probably still in my peak uh, hockey guy phase of saying that basketball sucks and the NBA is soft which uh, you know that second half of that opinion maybe hasn't changed too much um, but I still love tuning into games now and watching guys like Jokic dominate on seemingly a night-to-night basis but uh, the only other name that you didn't mention there that I could think in that second tier and once again maybe it depends on what your league looks like uh, category-wise, points-wise, but a guy like Steph Curry still has to have a ton of value, I would think. Um, but who knows? Maybe I'm totally out to lunch on that. So I'm excited to hear what uh, Nick and Declan have to say on the matter. 100%. I mean, we, we'll start to, to figure those things out. Uh, I mean, I, I can tell you, if you have Steph Curry on your team and you're in the playoffs, he's going to win you games. He's going to hit those big shots, the Splash Brothers. Uh, even at the age they are, still unbelievable players. But fantasy, I mean, what else does he bring you? Uh, LaMelo Ball, 
Giannis, Dame Lillard on the same team? Not LaMelo Ball, but Giannis and, and Dame. I mean, on the same team out in Milwaukee, does that help them? Does it does it help the assist total when you can pass it off to a reliable shooter? Or, you know, does is there going to be a decrease in points for those two? Uh, lots of questions we had into the NBA. Of course, you can always get in on the conversation. 1-833-401-1440. That is the text line. If you want to email in, Connor at sports1440.ca, Brandon at sports1440.ca, and of course on Twitter or X at sports team, sports1440, at Fantasy Frenzy AM, at B underscore A underscore D 1727, or you can get me at Connor Halley. A text coming in here from Tomato Soup. Okay, fellas, I need to know whether or not Christian McCaffrey is going to play. This is my most important question as I mentioned, from Tomato Soup. So it's Wednesday. We're not going to know a whole lot right now because obviously, you know, we're days away from kickoff. Who's the Thursday nighter this week? It is the New Orleans Saints versus Duval County, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Saints, Jags, you're going to be at the Canadian Brew House. LaDuke. You're heading out to the LaDuke. Oh, Another South, one for you. Southbound and down. I like another spot for good gas prices. <laughs> just <laughs> dang, I just filled up. <laughs> just, you had a good deal. You actually had a really good deal where you did. Uh, for the 49ers, just looking up here, they don't have their their uh, injury report listed quite yet, so I can't exactly say for sure what's going on with Christian McCaffrey. I would assume he's a guy who doesn't need to practice to be an impact player on the weekend. He isn't considered to be dealing with a long-term injury, and playing on the Monday nighter is obviously a benefit for them, gives them that extra day of rest. But right now, listed as questionable. So follow the injury reports and see what direction they're trending in by Saturday. If he's a full participant, you're probably good to go. But I, I also think that McCaffrey's probably that guy that doesn't need to practice and can probably lace him up and get out there and give you a, a handful of quality reps. Yeah, it's it's kind of a catch-22 situation with McCaffrey this week because, like you said, the, the only report we currently have coming from Adam Schefter yesterday that the injury does not appear to be serious in nature and not going to hold him out long-term. But the Monday nighter, which the Niners are playing in, does give him an extra day of rest but does not give you the uh, ability to make that decision at kickoff Sunday morning. So if you don't already, if you're a McCaffrey owner, um, maybe you should have been pretty heavy on the waiver wire to try and pick up a... Um, Mitchell, the, the, his backup there, or maybe even Mason, the, the third string guy at the, the Niners rookie uh, running back room, pardon me. So uh, I personally, I'm a Mitchell owner already. I picked him up at the start of the season with kind of a, I'm never going to say I'm hoping for injuries, but if it were to come along, I would happily reap the benefits. And then uh, after the injury, I've tried trading him to the owner of McCaffrey in our league all week, <laughs> not getting any bites from my good friend, uh, Kyle Ringdahl. So if you're listening, Kyle, just let me know. What are you looking for here? <laughs> I need a wide receiver bad with all the injury troubles I've had. So uh, it, it's going to be a tough situation heading into Sunday with the McCaffrey certainty not being uh, confirmed until Monday night. But like you said, even if he doesn't practice, there's still a good chance he's going to play. Jordan Mason, you mentioned the third stringer there. Like Mitchell's obviously the guy that probably gets most of the reps, but I think if you picked up Mitchell and just kind of, or sorry, Mason, and just kind of stashed him on the bench mm-hmm. just in case McCaffrey couldn't go. 
his numbers this year aren't that bad. Like, he obviously gets limited reps, and it's kind of when games are blowouts, the Cowboy game. But he's averaging 5.6 yards per carry with a couple scores. So he's he's not a bad player. Uh, obviously, just lack of opportunity when he, when he gets out there in that Kyle Shanahan offense. He's got some potential there. So, yeah, if you can grab, if you're a McCaffrey owner and you're unsure, you want to make sure you have either a Vikings backup or a Niners backup. So mm-hmm. you can throw him in there and le- at least salvage a couple points. Uh, Ear Candy texting to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty says the problem with NBA fantasy is the flaky factor. Players take games off with a hangnail and are consistently messing up in the lineup. Cheers. Yeah, I mean those those days to to recoup your energy. The scheduled days off are a little bit frustrating for sure. You really have to be hands on, and I think that's kind of the case with every fantasy sport. Like things can change so quickly. But the rate of it happening in the NBA is a lot higher. Like we don't often see an HL player's day of skate and then can't just go. It happens, but certainly with not the uh, the amount of times that we see it happen in the NBA. So you certainly have to watch your roster. That that for sure. Uh, UN brings up LeBron. Yeah, I mean LeBron's another guy though. Like he he does have the load management, and when he's out there, he can be an absolute force doing a lot of different things. We'll we'll ask about LeBron, the ageless wonder. Uh, Camero Spark, he says, hey guys, who to start, DJ Moore or Rashi Rice? Thanks, Camrose Sparky. Uh, my dad went out to Camrose a couple days ago, actually. Nice little drive for, uh, I had some, some time to spare and uh, told me he went out there. So yeah, shout out to Camrose, beautiful little town. I drive past it uh, almost every trip back down to the burn, uh, cruising along Highway 21, the little traffic circle at the intersection of Highway 13 and 21. Uh, I, I do like cameras. My sister went to college there uh, for a couple of years before moving on here to the U of A at Augustana. She said the the pop the party scene is good. But um, it's not overcrowded like in the bigger cities because Camrose's population, I think, is actually a little bit on the older side um, as a general aggregation. So nothing but good things to say about Camrose. Played a lot of hockey there over the years, too. Good little town. BVJ. BVJ, yeah, we just had Aaron Goodman in here. I'm sure he would tell you that Camrose is a pretty, uh, pretty cool place, as well. We let's answer his question before we get to break here. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, that's uh, going up against the Chicago or against the Vegas Raiders. Uh, Rashi Rice going up against the Chargers. You got good options here, and for me, I, I probably go Rice because I just don't trust that Chargers secondary. I think Travis Kelsey is going to be a focal point. Derwin James gets up um, to cover him and does a good job usually it's the second derwin james is not on travis kelsey that the the chiefs get him and he goes off uh but against that charge of secondary i like rice it's both good options but i i reiterate dj moore's big game on that thursday night i think it was sloppy defense by the commanders good on him for making those plays but i thought it was sloppy defense so i go rice brandon what do you think rishi rice a guy on the rise for sure and I think as the season goes he's going to become more and more of a viable option as he um, tries to solidify himself as WR1 with the Chiefs and of course is never going to be target one that will always be Travis Kelsey maybe even not target two if, if you consider the the running game that Pacheco's been able to develop there and, and uh, between him and McKinnon catching the ball out of the backfield but man what we saw from DJ Moore last time around um, or in that Thursday night or, uh, pardon me it, it still it still holds pretty firm in my memory. And yes, the commander's secondary is pretty poor. Um, and the Raiders' defense is, is pretty solid, especially Max Crosby on that front. 
But I'm going to say DJ Moore. I, I think Justin Fields is, still has the ability. We've we've now seen it this season. It didn't completely disappear. It's just going to be a matter of circumstance. And his uh, maneuverability to try and avoid guys like Max Crosby rushing at him, hopefully that will open things up downfield a little bit. And uh, I, I think DJ Moore is maybe primed to have another big week. He's going to be rolling to his left because Max Crosby, man, that guy is unbelievable. He doesn't get home all the time, but he's always a pain in the you-know-what. Uh, very quickly... No name on this one. Please reply with your name. Hey, gents, drop Acres to take a flyer on Julio. Uh, looking at Cam Acres with the Minnesota Vikings the last three weeks, he's not getting a lot of love in that offense. And that could change, you know, as he gets used to it. He, the team does not have Justin Jefferson, so maybe they incorporate him a little bit more. He's averaging under two yards, sorry, two, under two receptions per game, and he's got 11 carries in three games. I I would be okay with dropping Akers for Julio. I mean, maybe it works out. It's it seems like if you have to start these guys, your options aren't too good. You you know you're obviously you're hoping for that splash play or you know Akers getting that ball inside the five to to pick up the major. But I don't know. These are both they're not big time moves. I I don't know. I don't I don't think Julio's going to have a massive impact. And I don't think Akers will either. It, I think uh, the texts are saying take a flyer. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Acres isn't doing anything, probably not even worth keeping as a bench player at this point, uh, depending on the depth of your league. So I, I don't hate the move if it's a, it's a nothing in, nothing out, likely. But, I mean, hey, you never know. Uh, Julio, you've noticed a pretty steady decline, and now on uh, another new team this year trying to probably chase that ring that has eluded him uh, his entire career, which is a Hall of Fame career. But I, I agree, Connor. I don't know how much he's gonna, uh, how much impact he's gonna have on that offense, how many balls he's gonna see. But as a flyer, sure, why not? As long as it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Hey, injuries happen. Madison could go down. Acres becomes a play. You know, Brown or Smith could go down. Julio becomes a play. Julio could go down. He had some injury problems, I think, with Tampa last year. So it's yeah, it's it's a flyer. That's certainly what it is. Okay, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little association. one 401 is the text line if you have any questions for our next guest, Nick Whalen, Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports, Channel 87, and Rotowire. We'll talk some NBA. We'll bring Declan Kruger in to, to ask the hard-hitting questions. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas on Sports 1440, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. We are back here on Fantasy Frenzy Sports 1440, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. Uh, get your questions into one 401 Just a couple quick notes before we get to a little fantasy NBA. Uh, we did mention Justin Fields. He is doubtful with the thumb injury. Uh, so DJ Moore, I mean, you were, you were kind of going that way. I'm going the I, other I way. I might totally change my mind now. I, I had completely forgotten about the Fields injury, and while he's not ruled out yet, the, the doubtful tag is not too encouraging. Yeah, I mean, there's, this opens up the door for Nathan Peterman to get back into the NFL, so uh, we can <laughs> see if that one happens. Uh, another news of note, a Canadian quarterback, Nathan Rourke, was signed to the Jacksonville Jaguars active roster because Trevor Lawrence has some knee issues. So I don't know if that's cool. Get him an opportunity. I'm sure Trevor Lawrence will find a way to gut it out, but uh, cool news for the Canadian quarterback, making a little bit more coin on that active 
roster. Uh, right now, we are going to get to our Fantasy Wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Brandon Douglas will be down at the Leduc location tomorrow night, 6.15, if you want to go join him. We bring in Nick Whalen of Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Channel 87 and RotoWire. You can give him a follow on Twitter or X at Whalen with a one in there, W-H-A-1-E-N. Nick, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. I'm doing well. Uh, this is fitting. I'm actually starting a fantasy basketball draft in about four and a half minutes here. So we'll be we'll be drafting while doing the interview, but uh, fun time of year. Fun time of year. I'm a big football guy, so I love the NFL, but uh, obviously we are now less than a week out until opening night in the NBA. Now, Nick, uh, where are you selecting in this draft? I'm picking six overall, uh, which is which is a fine spot to be. Um, you know, a lot of options uh, at the top this year. Of course, if you have the number one pick, you're taking Nikola Jokic, and you shouldn't think twice about it in, in just about any scoring format. But I don't mind being in the middle of the first round. You know, you, you have your shot at <clears throat> perhaps somebody like Shea Gilgis Alexander, who I'm sure you guys are are well familiar with up there. You know, Jason Tatum could be on the board. Tyrese Halliburton. Um, even if you have to fall back, you know, on someone like Stephen Curry, who gives you such a huge advantage. Uh, if you're playing in a roto league with, with specific categories where you're worried about three pointers, um, you know, I, I want the number one overall pick if I can get it just because Nikola Jokic is so dominant and so consistent. Um, but really anywhere in the first round, you could find some value. Now we're talking fantasy basketball with Nick Whalen of Sirius XM fantasy sports channel 87 here on fantasy frenzy. So I want to ask you this because, uh, you know, we've got a lot of fantasy football listeners, a lot of hockey fantasy mm-hmm. listeners as well, but the NBA is a little foreign to a lot of us, uh, myself and Brandon Douglas included. So I want to ask you you know for someone who's just getting into fantasy basketball is there is there a type of league that you would recommend that might be a little bit easier so they can work their way in you know that's a good question um and you know i I think scoring format is is something that you have to monitor more in fantasy basketball certainly than than fantasy football I, i can't really speak to hockey guys unfortunately uh you know, in America, you got to choose one or the other. Usually there's not a lot of crossover between the NBA and the NHL, and I'm, of course, an NBA guy. But um, you know, there's a lot to take into account as far as you know, a lot of leagues are category-based. So you know, if you play fantasy football, for the most part, those are pretty standard across the board, right? You know, if, if your receiver catches a pass, that gets you a point. If, if you get a touchdown, that's four or six points, whatever your league hands out. Whereas in the NBA, you know, they introduce things like field goal percentage, free throw percentage, um, you know, there's these categorical leagues that, that require you to either try to build a very balanced team uh, of players who contribute across the board, or uh, you know, you'll see a fairly common strategy, which is punting certain categories. So um, you know, if you're rostering someone like Giannis Antetokounmpo, for example, if you take him with the seventh overall pick in your draft, that's great because he's going to get you close to 30 points. He's going to get you, you know, 11, 12 rebounds a game. You'll get some assists. You'll get some defensive stats. But he's also going to tank your free throw percentage, and he's not going to give you a ton of threes. So I, I would say if you're just getting into fantasy basketball, there, there's not really one league or the other. Uh, I would say, you know, if we're talking roto versus points, that's you know, easier per se to me. Uh, but it's just very, very important to know your scoring format. Like that, that, that should impact your draft more in fantasy basketball than it does in just about any other sport. Nick, one guy I want to talk about is uh, Desmond Bain here. Just became the $207 million man. Jaws obviously out the yep. first 25 games. What, how do you look at his season from a fantasy perspective? Because I look at Desmond, I think he's a great, uh, great catch-and-shoot guy, but I don't know how he's going to do when he's dominating the, bowl, the ball, running the pick-and-roll pick with a Triple J. I just want to know what his outlook is going to look like, specifically from a fantasy perspective this year. 
Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, he's somebody that I've been investing in in quite a few leagues. And you got to pay up, which feels a little uncomfortable, right? Because I think, you know, the way that you described him is accurate in that you still, you still kind of think of Desmond Bain as somewhat of a super role player, right? You know, to me, I, I think of him as similar to like a younger Chris Middleton, uh, a guy who's a, a very, very good player, a high end, you know, number two, maybe even overqualified to be a number three option. But all of a sudden you take John Morant away from the Memphis Grizzlies for the first 25 games of the season, and you're asking a lot of Desmond Bain to essentially be your number one option. I mean, it's going to be him. It's going to be Jared Jackson, who's not still not really a score first player. Uh, and then, of course, they brought in uh, Marcus Smart this offseason. But, again, not somebody that you want as your number one option. So I, I have my concerns about how that's going to go from a real-life basketball perspective. Uh, you know, I, I think the Grizzlies could really miss John Morant through the first uh, half of the season. But I think for fantasy, you have to view it as a positive for Desmond Bay. You know, I, I think his minutes are going to be up. He played under 32 minutes per game last year. You know, As far as premier all-star caliber players go, that's relatively low. I think his usage rate is going to rise for the third straight season. You do worry about maybe the efficiency uh, taking a bit of a dip if he's taking more shots, you know, at more end-of-the-shot-clock type of situations. But you're getting a 25-game run to begin the season where Desmond Bain is the number one option on what's still a pretty good team. So fantasy-wise, you know, I, I certainly don't see it as a downgrade. Uh, again, you got to pay up, but I'm in on Desmond Bain. Listen, Victor, Brandon, Scoot, I think these are all guys who are looked at pretty highly because of where they went in the draft, naturally. But who are some rookies you're looking at that you think can have, again, a good fantasy year for their team? I'm not talking about wins and losses, but guys who can put up the numbers for you on your fantasy team. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, outside of the top three, and you know, you could throw Chet Holmgren in there, who is you know not technically a rookie, but he'll right, second year rookie, second year rookie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are those are the big four for sure. And you know, to me, Wembenyama, Chet Holmgren, and Scoot Henderson are on a different level than Brandon Miller. I I don't think Brandon Miller is going to be a very good fantasy contributor. Um, you know, score first wings just tend to take a few years to get there. Fantasy-wise, I think he'll be more effective in real life. So I, I wouldn't really be targeting him until later in drafts. Uh, you know, the two guys I think to keep an eye on are, are the Thompson twins, right? Uh, Amen and Asar. And, you know, I, I think we're still kind of in wait-and-see mode on both of them, just given that they, they did not play college basketball. You know, I think there's still some debate as to, okay, how do we evaluate prospects coming out of this new overtime elite league? Um, you know, what is the competition level that they face? But, you know, athletically, physically, I think those guys are going to be ready to go. And between those two, I, I think I would give slight preference to Asar, who actually went uh, a spot below a man in the actual draft. I, I think he's just in a better situation with the Detroit Pistons, whereas, you know, Houston brought in a couple of veterans. There was some talk that they could be, you know, looking to bring in someone like Malcolm Brogdon. I think that would further take away from a man Thompson's workload, whereas, you know, Detroit to me is still, you know, maybe the worst team in the league. And you got Kate Cunningham, you got Jaden Ivey. But after that, I, I see no reason why they wouldn't unleash Asar Thompson, and I think he's going to have a good chance to start from them right away. Nick Whalen joins us on Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Catch Nick uh, weekdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Rotowire Fantasy Sports today on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Nick, as a self-admitted basketball casual and a uh, fantasy basketball novice, um, what are maybe some names that you can recommend people just starting out to, to stay away from as they're getting into their drafts over the next week that they have name value, uh, they've been big mm-hmm. players in the past, but now maybe all of a sudden they're on the back nine, they're in a decline, um, and you mm-hmm. might get tricked into taking them too early because of that name value? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question, and we're seeing, we're seeing more and more you know, star players play well into their mid and even late 30s at times.
<laughs> I know that sound. I know that sound. That's a, that's a drop. Uh, that's a good question. Because uh, you went actually texted in earlier, brought up LeBron James, Declan. And I mean, LeBron James is... <laughs> He's in the conversation, yeah, deserving so for the GOAT. And even at his age, he's still contributing quite highly. Uh, well, we're going we're gonna to get Nick back here. But we'll, we'll talk about this after, Declan, because no, LeBron absolutely. James is a fascinating name. And, and maybe that is where uh, Nick was going to go with that one. We'll see. Uh, Nick, I think we've got you back here. Uh, we lost you just kind of talking about some of those players that might be in a decline. Yeah, yeah, and as I was saying, you know, we we get we're getting more and more players playing well into their mid to late thirties. So it, it's not necessarily like the NBA or the NFL, excuse me, uh, where you're trying to predict like where's that cliff coming? You know, someone like Derrick Henry, like is this the year that he completely drops off? Uh, you don't see that quite as much uh, in the NBA. So for me, I, I'm more looking at okay, you know, ADP, average draft position. Like who's somebody uh, who, who you know, like you said, has that name value? People are going to see that name and say, oh, wow, I can't believe this guy's available. You know, I'll take him five to ten spots earlier than I should. It, somebody for me, uh, an ex-Raptor, in fact, is Fred Van Bleet, uh, who to me is still going a little bit too high. Uh, he's been a, a very good fantasy player in years past, but he's also missed a decent amount of time due to injuries. Uh, he's been a very low field goal percentage player, so he's the type of guy that if you take him early in the draft, it, it kind of shapes how you have to build the rest of your roster. And you know, we're now seeing him outside of Toronto for the first time in his career. I, I, I'm willing to hear out the Rockets on how they built this team, but you have an interesting mix of veterans, of young guys. You got you know six, seven, eight players who you're either trying to develop, uh, like someone like Jabari Smith or Jalen Green or Alfred Shangoon, or these veterans like Dylan Brooks and Van Bleet uh, who really need the ball. So I, I, I don't think it's a a plus for him uh, as far as going away from Toronto, entering a new situation in Houston. I'm, I'm for the most part staying away from Fred Van Vliet, who you still have to take inside the top 30. And then beyond that, guys, I mean, there are some of the obvious ones. Like, you know, Chris Porzingis for me, he's coming off a great year. I'm, I'm just not going to draft a guy who is essentially a 45, maybe 50-game player uh, over the last four or five seasons. Zion Williamson is in that same boat. You're actually getting a, a reasonable discount on Zion, you know, the last couple of years, despite him missing so much time, everybody who still wanted to draft Zion, still chasing, you know, the promise that he presents. You know, this year I, I'm a little more willing just because he's going in like the 50s or the 60s as opposed to the 20s or the 30s. Um, but, you know, guys like that who, who have that proven track record of missing 20, 30 games every year, more often than not, the, the risk is not worth the reward. Nick, just one last quick one from me. I, listen, if people think about Washington at all, I think they're probably thinking about Jordan Poole. They might be thinking about Bilal, Wemby's old teammate. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's still there. I, basically, I just want you to tell me I was right and I hit the nail on the head with this one. I took Daniel Gafford in my league. I think he's a great... I Listen, I mean, what was it? Nine points, five rebounds last year. Nothing ex- exciting or explosive, uh, but I think he can really... He's playing for a contract year. I think he can do well on that team with no real dominant ball option, maybe outside of Jordan Poole. Basically, I just want, I want you to tell Tell me I'm right here and that I, uh, I got this one. <laughs> uh, well, as long as you didn't take him with, like, the 50th overall pick, then, yeah, I think you did great. I mean, he's somebody who, in a lot of leagues, is available well after pick 100. And at that point in the draft, there's, there's very few players who are, are considered safe picks. There's very few players that have, you know, top 60, top 70 upside. And I think if things break right for Gafford, uh, this could be the case. Uh, you know, he, to me, he is very clearly – installed as the starting center in Washington. It's going to be a bad team, but bad teams give us just as much fantasy production as good teams. You know, you look at the guys behind him, like Taj Gibson, who's basically at the end of his career, Mike Muscala, who's played for every team in the NBA at this point. Like, as long as Daniel Gafford stays healthy, which he has done for each of the last two seasons, played 78 games last year, 
I, I think he's going to be one of the best values that you find after pick 100. And my hope for you is that he plays, you know, instead of 20 minutes a game, 27, 28, 29 minutes. If that's the case, I mean, he could be a two-plus blocks per game guy. Nick, thank you so much for hopping on today. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. There you go. That is Nick Whalen of SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Channel 87 and rotowire.com. You can hear him weekdays, 6 o'clock Eastern time. No, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, right when we wrap up on the Gregor Show on Sirius XM. If you want to get a little fantasy basketball advice, uh, Declan, what are you feeling? How are you feeling about your team after hearing Nick speak? I'm feeling a little embarrassed. I stumbled my way so uh, brutally through that last question, but I was just so excited to talk about Daniel Gafford. I mean, who isn't? No, listen, I, I had the first overall pick. He said, if you don't take Jokic, you don't know what you're doing. Of course I did. Yeah. I like what he said about Daniel. I Listen, I like my pieces. We didn't talk about my team too in depth, but uh, I'm happy with, uh, with where we're at. And he confirmed some things for me. Very happy to hear it. Well, uh, he is one of the best. The, the Sirius XM fantasy people are so good. Like I, I text them a couple of days before and they get back to me almost immediately. And we've done that with uh, football and now basketball. We'll get some hockey going on. Uh, they pretty much do it all there. So really cool to have them joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky. Nick Whalen was our wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House sending you to the Super Bowl. And uh, something that kind of relates to all of us, uh, the Canadian Brew House on Saturday doing their 40 ounce steak night. And Patty from the Brew House reached out and said, hey, boys, like you mind if I uh, come by with some steaks on Friday? So during Carius' show, some steaks will be dropped off. And uh, we'll, we'll chat that up, see, see how everyone's feeling with the 40-ounce steak. He mentioned, like, should I bring multiple? I said, we probably can share one. Like, I don't know. We're, we're carnivores, but that's a lot of meat. Uh, and then we're also going to have one brought in for the Gregor show. So if you want to... Uh, you do that, and like if you think you can put down forty ounces, uh, the CanadianBrewHouse.com is the place to go where you can find out. You can buy your tickets uh, for brew houses all around the city, wherever you're listening. What's the biggest stake you think you could put down, Declan? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. What was it? Uh, John Candy put down the old ninety sixer <laughs> in the great outdoors. I don't know <laughs> if I could quite pull that off. I could do, I could do a twenty four ounce stake, no problem. You're, no gristle though. No gristle. No, yeah, yeah. No I'm not a big fan of that, Brando. You're uh, you're a farm tough. I uh, I come from a life where the freezer was always stocked with farm fresh beef. Uh, beef we raised, fed. Uh, we weren't butchers ourselves, but you know some good local folk that butchered up for us. I'm honest. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm excited to actually see this 40 ounce steak in front of us because on on my best day, if I'm uh, ready for an evening out and I need to have a good meal beforehand, I'm thinking I might be able to take on the entirety of a 40-ounce steak. Really? I love steak. Good old Alberta beef. That is as good as it gets. That's pretty impressive considering Connor got one for all, all eight of us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ke- good thing Good thing Kevin's uh, on the mic most of the time, so I'll be able to just <laughs> to gnaw on it here behind the board. Kevin gets one bite, the rest is yours. I, like, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the steaks I've had at my, in my life, like a nice filet mignon, and it's like seven ounces. That's a lot more steak. Like, I, don't, I'm, I just can't wait to see it. I'm never filled, though. That's no, the thing. no, it's always delicious, right. but I'm never filled with a seven ouncer. Yeah, you, yeah. Like if I could have five more of them, it would be even better. But like even when you're out and you get like a nice twelve ounce strip loin or something, yeah. like even when you eat all that, I I am always still left wishing there was more to it because I enjoy, uh, like I said, good old Alberta beef so much. Um, I can't wait to see just how much this forty ouncer I can put down. 
Patty texting in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Meat sweats, baby. Oh yeah, I think that will be a thing on Friday. So uh, really looking forward to it. The CanadianBrews.com if you want to check that out. And uh, thank you to the fine folks there at, at the brew house uh, taking care of us on Monday and Thursday nights. Obviously bringing these in, and also our prize for the hockey pool: dinner for twenty at the brew house and a two hundred dollar gift card. Uh, check it, check the standings in there. See how you're doing in the old fantasy pool for sports 1440. Cause I believe I, after yesterday was like 33rd out of 40 something. So it's not going good. Brando, do you know where you're sitting? <laughs> I am gotta be close to, I don't, <laughs> I, I didn't check how many entries they actually are, but I believe the overnight update, I think it says I'm in 40th place, but that's just because I took a couple guys that were battling injuries the first few games yeah. of the year. Uh, Rupe Hintz is back. Um, Petrangelo should be right around the corner. So I'm teed for a, a good second week of the season here. Don't ex- uh, don't be surprised if we touch back in uh, next week and I'm right in the top 10. We built our teams for games 20 to 82, not the first 20. Built it for the the long haul. Uh, Declan, thank you, sir, for dropping in today. Do you know who's coming up on the Lowdown with Low Tide later yeah, on? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun, as always. It's very nice of you guys to invite me. We got uh, Jeff Cruschel, who's going to be joining us for our In the Community segment. Crusher. Our Wednesday staple, Bruce McCurdy, and then uh, Mac Engel of uh, of uh, Fort, the Fort Worth Star is going to be talking some Texas Rangers with us. So very cool breakdown, some MLB playoffs. going to be a great show as always. The one thing I say when you have Jeff Cruschel on, like you'll, you, after the interview, you'll just feel this body high. It's like, why do people do drugs? And then you can just listen to Crush. He yeah, just hypes true. you up. It's right? not a body experience. Yeah, so you got to listen to that. That's coming up at uh, noon here on Sports 1440. It is Fantasy Frenzy, Hallie and Douglas with you on this fine Wednesday morning. We will take a break. When we come back, we'll jump back into the inbox. So lots of texts coming in here. We'll talk some uh, talk some steak. Let us know. Let us know the inbox. one 401 Could you put down the Brewhouse 40 on steak in one sitting? Can't get up, walk it off. You just got to sit down and eat 40 ounces of meat. Let us know at the inbox. Uh, and then maybe we'll do like the challenge. You have to do that and then you have to eat 40 ounces of Wilhock beef jerky. Oh, baby. Who's the real carnivore? Who's the alpha? Uh, send us those texts. Uh, when we come back, though, we'll talk NFL, NHL as well. It is Fantasy Frenzy, Hallie Douglas on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhock beef jerky. We are back here on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas talking all things fantasy sports. We got about eight minutes, so we're going to cram a whole lot in here. Uh, the Canadian Brew House stakes 40 ounce. A lot of people chiming in on uh, on that one. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time here at the uh, Stingray Studios at West Edmonton Mall on Friday. When you get the, go- the guys some beef, we're all going to be in uh, fantastic moods. Uh, very quickly, Victor says, just a question about uh, Sebastian Ajo out in Carolina. Fantasy football, sorry, fantasy frenzy, NHL pool implications. Uh, Victor's getting a little frustrated watching this whole thing. Uh, I just texted quickly with Corey Lavalette, who covers the team. He's not on the road trip, so he didn't say for sure, but from what he's heard, it was a bit of a surprise that he did not play last night. So I would assume he would be getting back uh, in there quickly. Uh, no name on this one. Oh, JG. That's not Jason Greger, is it? Might be a different JG. I don't think so because uh, when you go back and read some of the older messages, um, <laughs> Jason had replied to it at one point. So, <laughs> so it's not Greger. Greger's texting with himself. That would be very funny. Uh, he says, "Boys, I took down the forty ounce from the Canadian Brew House. I was choking down the last couple bites. Delicious, but it is a workout." Uh, Ewan says, "New nickname for Brandon, the Protein Man." 
Loves, loves his protein, a scalding gourd. Uh, he had told me he went down to uh, Wilhock Beef Turkey yesterday and grabbed some, and he enjoyed it, so that's good. But also says, I've taken down the 40 ounce at the Canadian Brew House. Oh, wait, that was the beer. 40 <laughs> ounces of beer. Yeah, the people do that. Uh, Jay Woe, I think that's the name. Uh, guys, I put down the 40 ounce a few years ago at the brewery. By the end, I had to take tiny nibble bites. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems to be kind of the consensus. It's one, By you get to the end, it is tough because there is so much. And now the real question from Raider Jesse, and hopefully Patty's still listening, how many sides do I get with a 40-ouncer? How many sides do you want, Raider Jesse? I don't think I want any. I, I, wanna, I want the server to be bringing me a steady flow of that 40-ounce beer that the other texter <laughs> was referring to, help wash it down the gullet, but... What sides do you need when you have 40 ounces of meat sitting there in front of you? Oh, like, I don't even know if I want beer. Like, oh, I do, definitely. You want some side? Maybe get a Guinness to go with that <laughs> steak? Uh, I'm maybe. already having supper. I don't need a second course. <laughs> a side of fries, perhaps? Like, it's, oh, I actually did get the side of fries at the, on Monday night out at the Fort Sask location with my wrap. They were delicious, piping hot. Perfectly seasoned, delicious fries, good crisp to them as well. But yeah, uh, the the CBH, we'll see. We'll see if you can get any sides with that. I would recommend the fries if that's your case. And if you can do that, you are a warrior, Raider Jesse. Uh, Scalding Gord says, I need Jonathan Taylor, or sorry, I need two of these. Jonathan Taylor, Isaiah Pacheco, and Raheem Mostert. I'm thinking of sitting Taylor. Good idea. Uh, Pacheco against that Chargers team. I'm, I'm just the biggest Chargers hater followed by supporter. I think starting an offensive player against the Chargers defense is always a good idea, especially when it's Kansas City at home. Jonathan Taylor, we've seen him get worked back into it, but I don't know how you don't play Raheem Mostart. Uh, someone actually texted or tweeted us at the show asking about acquiring Raheem Mostert for Tony Pollard from the Cowboys. And I'm a big Tony Pollard guy, but I was like, how do you say no? I mean, that Miami Dolph- Dolph- Dolphins offense is rolling. Mostert seems to be a key part of it. It's not going to be every week, but you're going to get some huge performances out of that one. But Brandon, we'll throw it to you. Jonathan Taylor, Pacheco, Mostert, uh, give me two starters. As long as Devon Achan is out of the lineup for the Dolphins, uh, I, I'm sticking with Mostert. He, he's several more sco- several more scores this past weekend. As electric as the pass game is for the Dolphins, they still use the run. And if they're downing close, they love punching it in. And the biggest thing for me is Jonathan Taylor's matchup this week. The Cleveland Browns are having a historic start to the season in terms of yardage allowed through their first five games. Um, so if and And the Colts... They they're far from an electric offense. Uh, yeah. Gardner Minshew announced this morning that uh, Anthony Richardson out for the season with shoulder surgeries. So the more reps Minshew gets, it can be a plus and a minus because he'll get more comfortable and familiar, but also more tape and more tape gets out on him in the offense at the same time. So easier to game plan against him. Um, moving forward, especially this weekend, I'm steering away from Colts. Like I'm gonna have to play Jonathan Taylor out of necessity because of bye weeks and whatnot. Um, I'm gonna have to start three running backs, uh, two and then one in the flex spot. So. I think if, as long as you have the, the opportunity, Pacheco and Mostert are, are the play this weekend. Uh, Brandon, a lot of selfies going on outside our studio right now. Not with us, but overlooking the Lego store. Some great pictures coming up there. Uh, one of the f- fascinating things about this job. Uh, good news for Josh Allen. Looks like he'll be good to go. He says there's no concern for him. And Deshaun Watson... He is up in the air, not ideal for the Cleveland Browns, uh, not practicing today. Well, that's promising. Yeah. For, wow. for Josh Allen, I should say. 
<laughs> or whoever is going up against the Browns, I suppose. Yeah. 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 It looked yeah, like you yeah, had something. Was something. Looking like it might be a low-scoring affair between the uh, Colts and Browns this weekend if Watson is indeed out again. But yeah, this text from Andrew came in a little bit earlier in the show. I wanted to get to it because um, it's something I'm dealing with myself. Uh, morning, fellas. Need some advice on how long of a leash to give Timo Meyer. My league's not very deep, and there are still some big names available to pick up, but I burned my third-round pick on him and don't want him to cut him loose too soon. Andrew, I am a huge believer in Timo Meyer. I also drafted him maybe a little bit too early. Um, his diversity as a player, the ability to play physical, uh, as well as have that scoring touch, it seemed to dry up a little bit since he came over to the Devils um, at last year's deadline from the Sharks, but... The talent's still there, and and the fact that you said you took a really, really big flyer on him early, um, it, the season is so, so young. It's three games in for the Devils. Meyer yet to record a point. The bigger cause for concern in their most recent outing against the Panthers, he only played 11 minutes and 30 seconds of ice time. So that would be my primary point of concern. The Devils are loaded up front. They're going to have a balanced attack regardless. But I'm not cutting ties yet. He's going to figure it out. He'll get comfortable, um, whether it be with some specific line mates or just in the lineup in general. I, I will say I think you drafted him too early. I'll just get that out of the way uh, right off the top. But uh, but I would not be cutting him loose yet. Uh, I know you said the league's shallow and there might be some big names, but Timo Meyer is a could be a big-time player for you once he gets going. Yeah, lots of upside there. Gets power play time. I think on the second unit there out in Jersey, playing with Nico Heischer, I mean... I, I, yeah, I think there's, gotta, there's worse centermen to play with. Yeah, you got to ride with them for a little bit longer, I would think. And, you know, if it is a deep league, then you got options when you inevitably decide to make that decision. Uh, Raider Jesse says, I want smash and gravy some roasted vegetables. Well, that's great because Patty, moments before you sent that in, said Caesar salad, mashed and gravy, seasonal veg- vegetables, and cheese bread. Is that enough? So, yeah, there you go, Raider Someone Jesse. can have my sides. I don't need them. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> give give those to someone who actually uh, could put them down. Maybe cheese bread. I'll have the cheese bread. On certain, as I work my way through the 40-ouncer, you, like, take just cut off a slab of it, put that on your cheese bread, make yourself a little open-faced steak sandwich in the middle of your 40-ounce uh, steak night, and then you have the rest of the steak just as is. It's, you can play with it. You got 40 ounces to work with. Yeah. You can I, change it up. I don't think there's a time limit either, so, you know, you just... <laughs> Live life. Uh, we got a text here asking. I got to get hunched in my position here. It's it's pictures uh, from St. Albert Kevin. Who would you flex and who would you play as your RB2? So we'll just scrolling through the pictures here very quickly. RB2 right now, it looks like he has Gus Edwards in there. Uh, the Gus bus, we talked about this yesterday. Be a little weary of Ravens running backs uh, coming off the uh, trip to London. Nick Chubb on IR, Dawson Knox, uh, Reynolds. I kind of like Reynolds, though, on the flip side for the Detroit Lions if Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are injured. Uh, We'll dive back into that one a little bit more tomorrow because I hear the music. That means we got to wrap up. Uh, Coming up on the Jason Greger Show today, it's going to be one heck of a show. We've got Ken Dryden coming on at 2 o'clock. One of the GOAT goalies of all time, six-time Stanley Cup champion. Also, Tyler Uremchuk, Mike Rupp, Levi Wheeler, or Weaver of The Athletic. We'll have Mark Spector and Rob Sklarik, Spruce Grove Saints, general manager, and another edition of Who Is It? Uh, A very good athlete to play in and around this city will join us from three to four in studio Gregor will give you some tips on that one big thank you to everyone who uh, texted into the show today also nick whalen from sirius xm fantasy sports for joining us check the podcast if you missed anything let's get to an update brought to you by wilhawk beef jerky home of alberta's best beef jerky locations in leduc spruce grove and west edmonton mall wilhawkbeefjerky.com here is brandon douglas